one, look at these areas that you don't have very much knowledge on and get a base level of understanding for that. And two, build out your network. And this could be building out your network by just talking to your current clients. Hi, I'm Scott Schutte. And I'm Dr. Janine Steester. Welcome to Becoming the Ultimate Coach with the Jock and the Doc. We are here to disrupt some of the current thinking around how the fitness industry approaches clients. Our goal is to educate and inspire fitness professionals to get the results, income, hours, and career that they want and deserve. Our combined experience in education in psychology and fitness create a new insight on ways to become the ultimate coach. Welcome to Becoming the Ultimate Coach. I'm the Jock. This is the Doc. And today we're going to talk about you becoming your client's head coach. And when I'm talking about that is like your their head fitness coach. So, so much of this is like thinking about clients coming in and it's like, okay, I'm going to help them with their exercise or I'm going to help them with their nutrition. But we want to think of, we're taking care of everything. And, and the beauty of this is you become way more valuable. When, when clients are picking out someone to work with, say they're looking for a personal trainer or a gym to work at, and they see, okay, gym X is fitness and you can get a hard workout, cool. Gym Y, you can get a hard workout. Plus you have someone that's looking over everything else that you're doing to help you reach your fitness goals. And when, I, when, I, when I'm talking about everything else, it's, it doesn't mean you have to do everything. Like you need to stay in your scope of practice. You're not a physical therapist, you're not a chiropractor, you're not a massage therapist, you're not a whatever, you're not a doctor. But should you have good references and should you have good knowledge with those people? Absolutely. Like my clients, if they come to me and they're like, hey, I'm working with this chiropractor and here's what's going on. I'm like, oh, great, what's their name? Can you let them know that I want to talk to them? And then some people that sometimes I need to get the release to do that for them to talk with me. And we go through those steps. And then I'll have a conversation with that person. Be like, hey, what are you working on? Um, what have you seen? What do you know about this person? What do you want me to do more of? What do you want me to stay away from? And I defer to them as the expert. If it's a doctor that they're working with on different things, like I want to have communication with as many of these people as possible. That also builds up a great network for me for these, these professionals to refer to me, which is a nice side bonus. But the other thing is, and also like sometimes I get clients with me and they're like, ah, you know, I feel like, I just feel off. I want to get some blood work. Well, I know a doc based off these other clients and they've had success with, of like, go to this person. So you become their overall fitness guide. And this gets better results, it's better for business, and, and overall, like, they will love you that much more. So Janine, what's your take on this? Well, I, I think it's so important, especially more so today than any time before, because we have the internet. We have so much information and so many easy ways of getting word of mouth and checking with people and people see things on social media like, oh, I did this. Well, should I be doing this? Should I do those things? And, and I've talked about this before is it's this information um, overload and it's also choice fatigue, um, which of course just sounds so like, oh, whatever. But we have so many options and your, your clients have so many options of, of routes to go having somebody help them sort through all of that. And again, you don't have to know how to do everything. And again, to Scott's point, staying in that scope of practice. But if I'm, and any of us have probably experienced that, if I talk to a physical therapist about what I'm feeling, and then I talk to my massage therapist about what I'm feeling, and then I, I talk to my friend about what I'm feeling, they might all have three, four different suggestions. Well, most of us don't have time to execute all of those. And then some of those might be great suggestions for so-and-so, but 
not here. So having somebody that's looking over all of that is just a relief in and of itself psychologically to be able to, for me to say like, here's what I'm thinking or here's what's going through my head. Well, Scott can say, have you thought about this? Or I've talked to so-and-so or here's somebody that I've worked with that I've seen, as you pointed out, really nice results and things like that. And then also it allows you to create this network and know your client's personality. Um, and I heard somebody say this really well the other day is, hey, this provider is science, straight science. They go by the book, if it's this, this, and this, and some people really like that model. This provider is a little bit more arts and science, and so it's kind of listening to the patient or the client and going based by, of course, evidence-based practice and having a combination. Some of your clients are really more the art and science. They, they, they want a little bit more of that outside of the box thinking and, and they're more open to some newer um, opportunities and newer strategies where other people really want to know like what's the protocol that's been used over and over again. And so by having some information, having that kind of network, understanding your clients, you're giving them the best recommendations and also um, they'll respect you too when you say, hey, this seems to be a problem area for you and I don't want to exacerbate it. Why don't you go see somebody, and you can give recommendations if they have, and, and check that out. Then they know that you are being very thoughtful, very um, concerned about things, and aren't going past what your expertise is. Yeah, and going back to this like head coach analogy is you still have to have an understanding of all the different positions. You still have to know all these different things, at least to have a conversation about that. Um, so, so one, the first step for you might be uh, just having a better understanding. So if someone is asking about nutrition or supplementation or some sort of injury or something like that, if you just have a better understanding of what they're even saying because it's hard to give the right recommendation for the right person if you don't even understand the kind of base concept with that. For, so, so start with that. And you'll learn a lot of this just from the questions that clients are asking. And the second part is really building up that network. Like when... I am referring someone to a massage therapist. Like I'm like, well, I know this guy, and he does a lot of deep tissue. And so whether someone wants something a little bit harder or softer, that might be good or bad for them. I got someone else that can go to your home, so maybe someone refer, prefers that. Um, as far as like chiropractors, I have someone that, again, is more aggressive, someone that, that does the uh, more spinal manipulation adjusting that's more aggressive and some that just use like the little thumper gun kind of deal. So it's, again, it's, it's talking to your client and figuring out what's the best fit for them because I want to be the best head coach that they can get and I need to have the right other assistant coaches in there to help along with this journey. So, so make sure that you're, you're having a good understanding with that and really work on building up this different network of people so it's not just a physical therapist because I have a physical therapist that's really good at shoulders. I have a physical therapist that's really good for um, low back, and then I have just a, a company of physical therapy that I'll refer to that's good at general overall things. So having these different things is, is key to that because I ultimately love training people on the floor and I, I ideally not working around all these different injuries. So if I can send them out to the physical therapy that helps with low back, and they come back to me and that low back's better, now I can go back to doing the, all the other things that I enjoy more doing. So it makes it better for me. It makes it you know a better experience for the uh, the, the client as well. So overall, it's just a better experience and that's what I'm always going for. And a couple other things to think about just as a professional is one, check your ego. 
right? So having a network isn't about showing the others how amazing you are. It's about reaching out to them, collaborating with them, deferring to their expertise. And when you model that, oftentimes people will model that back. And so again, the, the point of this isn't that um, everybody looks at you as the best fitness coach or whatever, but that they respect you and that they know you're collaborative and keep it about your clients and not your ego. The second part of, of this is also that having a network is great, but vet your network. And you might have, somebody may ask you like, oh, is there a registered dietitian or someone that I should go see for X, Y, or Z? You may not have anyone that you've had experience with or know that's good. And that's oftentimes better to say that than say, oh yeah, I know that there's somebody over here you might want to try, and they go, and it's a very bad experience. Then what they may come back with is A, any recommendation you make in the future, they may be less likely to be comfortable with it, but also it may completely um, derail them from the goal of healthy eating or, the, or, or what looks good. Because if they go to someone, they say, um, I don't like veggies, broccoli I hate it the most, and things like that. And the person's just like, well, broccoli is important, so you need to figure out how to eat it. And da 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 da. And it's just a negative, reinforcing experience. Then you also are going to struggle even more to get your client to think about food differently or add some more healthy um, veggies or um, proteins in, in, in their diet. So just keep that in mind on those two fronts as well in creating that network. It will take time and you'll learn from that and know not to recommend it to future clients and also own it with your client. Like, oh wow, sorry you had that experience. Um, I'll definitely keep that in mind in the future. Yeah, and that's a great point because I won't send my clients to someone if I haven't personally used them or one of my clients haven't. Now there's some things that my clients are going to be using that I won't need some um, but as far as like, there was a new massage therapist that another client was using. I was like, oh, I'm curious if how this person is good. I want to refer to some other clients. So I had Janine try it out and <laughs> give me feedback on how good this person is. And again, now I have two different people that I know that have given me some feedback on how good this person is. And now I feel more comfortable um, handing her card out to more people like that. So um, just kind of to recap. Um, one, look at these areas that you don't have very much knowledge on and get a base level of understanding for that. And two, build out your network. And this could be building out your network by just talking to your current clients and be like, who are you using for XYZ and get in touch with them. Um, it could be just going out and just meeting people in the community. And it's a great way to also build your business. So until next time.